0: I never see um, a service or a time of our meeting as separate little entities of what God wants to do in our midst. Sometimes he will take a prayer meeting and already in the prayer meeting God will begin to, to stir and to push and to press into our hearts and our lives, our worship time and sometimes we struggle in that. And I know what it is. I know what it is. It's the flesh. It's the flesh. The flesh comes in between that which the, the Lord, our God, our, the Spirit of the Lord wants to do in our lives. And we wrestle against it. We wrestle with, and He wrestles with us. And he brings, he brings His Word. He brings His Spirit and begins to work His Spirit into our spirits that we will hear Him that we were hearing. I felt um, it somewhere in my notes, I know I wrote it down, um, and speak about that sometimes our absence is more present than His presence. You may need to think about that for a moment. Sometimes our absence is more present than His presence. And it's quite easy in a situation like this to become absent that I'm not present, that I'm not part of what God is doing. Because, yeah, we're encumbered. We're encumbered with things that have happened to us during the week. We're encumbered with things that have stressed us out. I mean, we had the privilege of Andrew speaking to our hearts last week. Just as a reminder that the flesh is often And the enemy would use the flesh and the enemy would come against the flesh and break, break down. But in that, in that, in that, the Spirit has led us to a place. He's led us to a place. We must never forget, even though Satan may have taken over that time of Jesus in the wilderness, he may have overtaken that time. And said, I'm going to use this opportunity. I am going to get in this opportunity. It was the Spirit of the Lord that led Jesus there. Because his purposes are bigger, more powerful than what we experience. It is always a privilege for me to speak to you and speak the name of Jesus over you. It's a privilege for me. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus made the difference. As we sit here today, we're not just we're not just a, a congregation, just a group of people that have gathered together. We something there's something different about us. There's something there's something different about us. I must I must say this that. We could, we could start off by saying, like, what's next? You know, I'm saved. Uh, you, know, you just read Ephesians 1 and you'll, you'll read words like, we're blessed, we're chosen, we're holy, we're blameless, we're adopted, we're His, we're redeemed, we're forgiven. His grace has lavished on us. He has marked us, He has sealed us with His Holy Spirit. And then is also mentioned, the mystery of his will. What is the mystery of his will? Let me say this to you all today, and it's not a fight. It's not a fight because I sit in this fight. The same place that I speak, and often God will, you know, I shouldn't even say often, every time. Every time I minister, God first deals with the Henry. And he doesn't stop. Sometimes my Mondays are terrible what I've preached. But there's something of God's Spirit that is always working toward a more beautiful Christ in me. Working toward a fragrance that is so beautiful and attractive because He is beautiful. Because He is beautiful and attractive. We are not like God. Let me say this outright. We're not like God. The only reason that we have any entrance into his presence is because Jesus. Jesus died and made a way. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. And that but by me never ends. It doesn't stop the day that I said, okay, Jesus, you can come into my heart. He's always the way. He's always the entrance into the presence of God. He's always into the more of God. If you want more of God, it's Jesus the entrance. Yeah. If you want to know what the gospel is about, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus making a way, giving us an opportunity to come into the presence of the Most High. Let me say this to you we're not like God. We're not. We're not like our Father. We're not like Jesus. And I think sometimes we see pictures of Jesus. We see pictures uh, that, that people have tried to depict in art and try to depict in some way or another to give us an idea what Jesus looked like. We see pictures in the scriptures as we read of Jesus walking in Jerusalem. But the Jesus that is now seated at the right hand of the Father. It's not the same. He's not the same. The Jesus that walked on water is not the same. He is the same. You know what I'm saying? He's more. There's much more. So I'm praying that somehow we will find ourselves becoming more like him. Entering into that very place where he can take a hold of our lives. You say, Well, I'm there already, no, you're not. You know what? It. and it's not about years. Sometimes it takes all of our lives to be burnt up. It takes us to the point where we're absolutely spent where there's nothing left of me before we can actually find him. And that's hard. Because our flesh, every one of us sitting here, our flesh is screaming out, saying, no way, no way. I don't want this in my life. I never signed up for this. I thought serving Jesus was like the best thing in the world. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but you've got to know what it looks like. You've got to know what it feels like. You need to be spent. You need to be spent in this glorious God. Oh, we don't really understand Genesis 1, where God says, Let us make man in our likeness. We don't understand that. We don't understand the depth of fallenness when we fall away from that very picture and purpose that God had intended. And let me say this, and this is the essence of the message that I have for you today. That purpose hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. If you say, well, What am I here for? Why am I here? Why am I here? That you would be conformed to the image of Christ, that you would look like Jesus, that you would look like your Father, your Father's delight, your Father's delight is that you would look like him. And I'm not just talking about features, you know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about a holiness, I'm talking about a righteousness that cannot be achieved through good works or good looks. I'm talking about something that is deep. And it may rip into your flesh. But it doesn't actually matter. Let it do that. Let the work of the Spirit become complete. Let the work of the Gospel be the work of the Gospel. Let us become. Let us become. Because that's what it's about. That we would become like Him. No, I've still got too much to achieve. I've still got too much to do. I still want to, and I don't want to go down the route of building another house or getting another job or earning more money. I don't want to go down that route because I don't want to slander any of you. We've got to live. We've got to live it out. Live it out to the full and if God has gifted you and he's blessed you, then be blessed. Be blessed. Enjoy it. Work for it. But behind it all, Behind it all, I need to be spent for him, for the king. Oh, there's sufficient power in the gospel to set us free. There's sufficient power. There's sufficient power in the gospel to finish what he started. There's sufficient potential to change everything in our lives, everything. You see, the Gospel is, is a very defined process, very defined purpose, very defined. It's an intense intention. It's an intense intention. A Besliste Eidwerken, if you don't understand some of my English. A Besliste Eidwerken, something different, different. Being a Christian, being a disciple of Jesus is nothing that looks anything like the world can offer us. Nothing. You can go through all the courses of becoming a great leader. Let me tell you, nothing of that will make you great until you have learned to be like Jesus. We cannot lead unless we are led. Oh my goodness. You're not supposed to cry <sighs> when, Yeah, you know, sorry if my voice sounds like I've had a cold, I've had a cold. <laughs> I had a couple of weeks back and it's dragging on, it's just like, ah. Uh. Um, I phoned Kevin this morning, I said, Kev, you know, maybe you need to take over the because I sound terrible. So, okay, I sound terrible. So forget that, he just said, push through bro, it's not COVID, we're not worried about COVID. Um, We're just picking up some of the dregs of these things that happen. So if it is possible this morning, this afternoon, I want to push the boundaries of your love for God. I want to push those boundaries. I want to lead you into a place of deeper, wider, stronger, higher, whatever you want to classify it as. If it rips into your soul, if it rips into your spirit, if it rips into your flesh, then let it do it. But I want to do that. I want to bring you to that place. And I don't know if words are adequate. So I'm trusting Holy Spirit that He will do the work that He needs to do in our hearts today. Why? Why would I want to do that to you? Why would I want you to be uncomfortable? Why would I want to bring you into a place of the wilderness? Like Jesus was brought into the place of the wilderness. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to expose you? Why would Andrew even preach that preach? Come on, Andrew. Why did you even say those things? That we need to suffer for Christ. That we need to get to that place. That we're handed over to demons so that we could become more like Jesus. Oh, then lay it on God, lay it on. And I'm not saying that easily, but lay it on, lay it on. Here's a scripture, the scripture that I wanted to preach about today. In Matthew 26. Matthew 26, while they're putting it up, there it is, very good. While Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, and you know the story very well. But I need to bring it to you because that's really the heart of what I'm really talking to you about today. And a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment. And she poured it out on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, and I think there's one particular disciple, particularly that was fussed about it, but nevertheless... They were indignant and they said, why this waste? Do you know that sometimes the sacrifices that we make to God look such like a waste? It looks such like a waste. Why would you give up a Sunday afternoon to come and sit in a building, a hot building, get roasted? Would it not be such a waste? Would it not be better if we went and sat by the seaside and had some fresh air flowing through our lungs? Hawaii might be a nice option. Such a waste. For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. I want to say it as plainly as I can say it. If you want to make Jesus beautiful you need to pour it all out over his head. The fragrance that expensive perfume the aroma of Christ in your life it's to be poured out for he is worth we are saying it so beautifully this morning. And I know it was difficult because there seemed to be that we were br- pushing against that. There, were, there was almost like a wall between us and that which God wanted to do. But he's preparing our hearts. He, want us, he wants us to know that he's real with us. He's real with us. He understands our flesh. He understands our hearts. He understands our struggles. He understands when demons are against us, he understands that because he was tempted in all things, like as we, in all things. But he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy of it all. Let me finish that reading. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for my burial. Imagine saying that. But he said, she's done this in preparation for my burial. I don't think she understood that. I don't think she came there prepared with that that expensive ointment. And it was very expensive. It was probably worth a year's wages, that naab, that ointment. It was worth a lot. And when they said it was, uh, they, they were angry. The disciples were angry. They meant that. Because this is worth a lot of money. We could use this money. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed, that today we remember, we remember today, as I preach the gospel, as I preach the living word of God, as I preach out of the heart of the spirit of God, we remember that what she has done it is a proclaimed message I don't believe it's for nothing, I don't believe that she did that just for nothing I don't believe that the Holy Spirit allowed that word to come into the living word that we hold to just as a symbol of something that was done it means something and it means that we are to be an offering. To me, that's what it means. That we are to be an offering. That we are to be poured out. That we are to be poured out, spent. I know it sounds radical. It sounds like overwhelming, in a sense. When you think about being poured out, you say, how much more must I give to God? I don't know what it looks like, friends. I don't know what it looks like, I can't give you a little formula, I can't say, well if you do this and this and this and this, then it looks like that, I can't say that. Because for each of you it will be different, for each of you it will be different. It will be the effects of the aroma of Christ being poured out of your life. Perfumes are mostly not natural aromas, they're mostly not. They are more products of something that has been crushed. Something that has been broken. Something that has been stripped. Like the bark ripped off the tree. So that it can bleed. And what it bleeds is an aromatic perfume. A perfume that he worthy of. You can study some scriptures here, a lot of scriptures in the Bible about perfumes. And God, is, God loves sweet smelling perfumes. You may have seen on my status, and I, I wrote these words, and I don't know if I should have written them because it, it's, it's costly being poured out as a drink offering. And it's a reflection of some of the things that God is pleased in i'm not saying that i'm more pleasing than you i'm one of you guys i walk with you i struggle with the struggles that you struggle but i'm yielded to the process i'm yielded to the work of god i'm yielded to what god wants for my life that my life will count that one day i will be spent for him spent for him it's not a boast please don't see it as a boast A drink offering was an offering that actually went up as a vapor. That's all all that was left. And God called it a sweet smelling savor. It was probably about one liter, one liter of drink, whatever the drink was. It was probably grape juice which was crushed. One liter poured out on the offering, the sacrifice, poured out and it would just go... Nothing left but a vapor. Nothing left but a vapor. The scripture says, love the Lord with all your heart. What does it mean? (laughs) All of your soul, all of your body, your being, your mind, Everything. What does it mean to love the Lord your God with all your heart? Second Corinthians, another scripture that I wanted to just read out. Second Corinthians 2:14 to 16 says this, "But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. This is victorious. You said it this morning, brother. You said it's not burdensome. It's not burdensome when we come to this place. A triumphal procession that leads us and spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. The knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God. To God. That when you are burnt up, when you are spent, it smells good in the nostrils of the Lord, a sweet-smelling savour. So I have, I have here um, something that's very old. That is a penny. And some of you even know it's a penny. Um, for those of you that lived long enough, uh, we used to use pounds, shillings, and pence, and this is a penny, a pence. This is a 1901 penny. It's a bit wrecked now, but it's got a hole in it. It's my fault. But it still has an emblem of the Queen's face on it. It still has the emblem of the Queen's face on the back end here. Um, looks like some Roman god Pff, we don't need that but anyway it's a penny, a 1901 penny so it's hundred and twenty maybe two years old maybe it was struck as a penny, as a coin hundred and twenty odd years ago um, I wonder how many times it was spent on something in those days it may have been a wage It may have been a day's wage, it may have been a week's wage, I don't know. I didn't earn a lot in those days, but a penny was quite a worthy thing. I did actually check before I drilled a hole in the thing. I did check and say, is it worth anything? The guy said, no, it's actually worth less than a penny. So, Okay, so I made it even less. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that it's spent, and every time it was spent, there was a value in it something purchased something received so every time you give of yourself to christ something is there's value in it it's not for nothing it is not for nothing whether it comes out in suffering if it comes out in blessing if it comes out in a sacrifice if it comes out in whatever you do for him if it comes out in an embarrassment standing in front of somebody saying you need to receive jesus in your life however it comes it is being spent for the king. It is being spent for the king. So I'm going to close down right now. I'm going to take a scripture from 1 Thessalonians 1 and close down with that so that you can understand what I'm really talking about here. In 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 6, it says this, And you became imitators of us, that is Paul speaking, And of the Lord. Imitators, meaning that you mimicked. Not the cut and paste version, but you mimicked. You literally did what I did. You became, you became imitators of us and the Lord. And they're speaking of the Lord Jesus. He's speaking of the Lord Jesus. For you received the word in much affliction. Now you need to say that to yourself over and over and over again in much affliction Because that is the message of the gospel. We will have much affliction. If there's anything that I'm feeling in our day, in our time, is that number one, we need to be poured out. And the second thing that I'm feeling is that we need perseverance like we've never needed it before. All right. Let me go on. And it says there that you receive this word in much affliction. With the joy of the Holy Spirit. You need to add that to that equation always. With joy. It is not a burden. The man said it this morning. It's not a burden to serve the Lord. It's not a burden when you're going through a rough time or a rough space. It is not a burden. The joy of the Holy Spirit is upon you and with you in it all. So that you would become an example. A model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The word model is actually a coin that has been struck. It's the same picture, a coin that has been struck. So in other words, you would take a reverse image of the coin, you'd put it in with a heavy weight or pressure or whatever means that they would strike a coin and make a coin and they would press an image. That's what it means to be a model. A pressed image. A pressed image. Because that's God's calling for us. That we would be a pressed image of Christ. That we would be a pressed image of our Father. Pressed image. Imprinted. Imprinted. Another word for it is a scar. A scar means that, that you became a scar, that you became a scar to all believers. That there was an evidence, an evidence, an evidence of Christ in you. An evidence of, of you becoming like Christ. So it's not possible, it is possible. All of us, we're not just journeying along here just to be religious. That's the cut and paste version. We are here to be struck, struck with the image, struck with the image that it touches the very depths of our lives. That's a beautiful picture. I mean, we can look at the picture of Christ, that he, in Hebrews 1, it says that he's the radiance. He's the radiance of the glory of God. He's the sole expression. He's the exact image. He's the exact imprint. So when you look at Jesus, there is absolutely no doubt as to who Sonny is. No doubt. When God looks at you this afternoon, is there any doubt as to who you look like? So that's really what the message is about today that we would become more like our father or like him through christ through the gospel through that being struck time and again if you were a coin it must have been a painful experience it must have been something of a hardness about it i don't know if there was heat applied or what it was and how they strike coins but it there was definitely an impact There was something that happened as a result, and I have evidence here of a 1901 penny that still has the image of being struck. The difference is, the difference would be this, that as this penny is used, it becomes smoother and less visible. But as we become more struck, as we are more like Christ, as we are more like our Father, we show a deeper, more impressed image of His person in our lives. May the Holy Spirit come. May the Holy Spirit come and do that in your lives. I hope today that I've given you nothing more or nothing less than a hunger. A hunger to be like this to be a spent penny it's difficult to measure because I look around the room here um, so how much have you got? I don't know I don't know I could go around the room I don't want to embarrass anyone I just, I'm allowed to embarrass him he's right. okay with it Besides, I'm embarrassed with him. <laughs> because how much? How much do I look like? How much have I got? So would you just shut your eyes for a moment and just allow the Holy Spirit to do something inside of you? Something. Mm, something that says, God, I want to be a perfume. I want to be a perfume. I want that when people walk past me, they smell Jesus. They say, no, it can't be like that. It's not like that. It's not so physical. I don't know. Maybe it is. I've heard of testimonies of people say, people looked at them and say, there's something about you. You're shining like a light. Would you want that in your life? I know this is not a message just for some. It's a message for us all. It doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum. It doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have. It doesn't matter what you've got, how you can acclaim and proclaim what you think you have. It doesn't matter where you are right now. I know that we need more. I know it. And it actually doesn't end. I said, I said the other day, i just mentioned it to the elders. And again, it's not a break point. I gave my life to Jesus in 1968, on the 10th of February 1968, probably around half past eight in the evening, it was at a youth meeting, I gave my life to Christ. That means I've been walking with the Lord for 54 years. Some of you don't even know what that means, Um, 54 years, it's not a boast. The only reason I've got that, and I know there are others that have more, I don't know. There's Uncle Stan sitting here in our meeting today. He's got a number of years. I know Miriam has more years than I do, She's about 10 years more. She gave her life to the Lord when she was eight years old. So it's not a boast. It's not about 54 years of like, wow, power through. Yes, I'm one of those. I wish I could say it this afternoon. And I'm one of those. I wish that I had more evidence in my life of being spent. So I'm not reluctant to say, God, I'm one of those. This afternoon, let's that that say, more, Lord, more. Would you burn in me more? More, God. Would you fill my life with who you are? With who you are? Let the fragrance of Christ, let the fragrance of Christ be poured out through me. But not only that, not only that, but unto him, but unto him, that the fragrance of my life will be poured out on his head. There are probably three or four times that this type of story is mentioned in the Gospels. And some are confused as to say, is it the same person? Is it the same event? Is it three different times? Or is it just one time? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The pictures are there for us to see that we can be poured out as a fragrance, a costly fragrance. And you know what happens with the smell? You know what happens with the smell? It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's not only on him. The focus shifts just from him to everywhere. That's what it says. It filled the room. The fragrance filled the room. The people walked out of it and they had the fragrance on their flesh. May it be that way, Lord, as we sit before you this afternoon. I thank you my God that you have chosen us. I thank you my God that we have had an experience with the Gospel that I can proclaim, we can proclaim, I'm saved. I'm undone by the mercy of Jesus. I'm undone by the goodness of the Lord. I'm undone because I have been Saved, And it means something to you, God, that we are a sweet-smelling savor unto you. And we give ourselves today to be burnt up, all of us, for all of you, all of it, Lord. In Jesus' name is my prayer. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come and do your work, Lord, in our hearts and our lives. Amen. Alrighty, What do you want me to do, my friend? Send them home? Can they go home? It would be a good idea. Is there anyone here today that doesn't have Jesus in their life? you didn't have a clue as to what I was talking about. Is anyone here? Just quickly raise your hand. Don't be afraid. We'd love on you anyway. We love having you with us. If you don't know Jesus, we love having you with us. Because we want to be a sweet smelling fragrance that will bring you in. And I trust that you have been touched and blessed today. Amen? Good. Are you all good? All right. Do you, you love me? Yes. Ah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so all I needed to hear. I can go. Thank you. Thanks, my man.